Welcome back to The Pillars, the podcast of 363rd ISR Wing. I'm Sergeant Joe. I'm Sergeant Jacqueline. I'm Dr. Reed. And today we're here to finish up our series we're doing on healthy relationships, the qualities of a healthy relationship. And today our topic is openness. So when I think of openness, I think of just being in a mindset willing to receive. That's, that's what I think when I think openness. What comes to mind when you guys hear openness? When I think of openness, I think of listening more than you're talking. So you have two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? And so receiving that information and using both of your ears to really listen, receive the message well, and letting the person have their opportunity to say what they need to say, but also while that person's talking, not taking that time to think about what you're going to say. Just really receive that information and give yourself time to process it before you say whatever comes to mind. I think at the risk of saying something that's already been said, um, when I think of openness, I think about availability and flexibility. Um, I'm available to you right now. I'm interested in what you have to say. And I can be open or flexible enough in my thinking to receive new perspectives, new thoughts and ideas, and I'm willing to be corrected on things or have my opinions changed based on the information that you're going to give me. So flexibility and availability. Yeah, I would agree with what you guys both added there. To me, when I think openness with this willingness to receive, you're really getting curious, right? So there's so often in life where we think we know it all, we've seen it all, we all have years of experience, but we forget to try new things, right? Even in our relationships and just styles of communication, we we get stuck in these ruts and then we're not really in a mindset to be open to new experiences. That's a great point, but I was just thinking, when I think about openness, I also think about a little bit of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. We can't have this external barrier or block. So we have to show a little bit of a vulnerability in getting to know people to show that we're open to have communication with them or open for change. And and I think in showing vulnerability ourselves, others will feel comfortable being open Mm -hmm. with us and Mm -hmm. showing vulnerability on the opposite end. Yeah, just even with your body posture, so much of our communication is nonverbal. If you're going into a situation to to be open, right, maybe your significant other wants to talk to you or you have something you need to talk about or like even with your supervisor with feedback, sitting cross-legged, guarded, cross-armed, right? Like that's not sending a message that you're maybe willing to receive. That's kind of- That you're kind of like waiting for the punches. I mean, we travel a fair amount for our jobs, and I think one of the clearest ways that you send the signal that you are not open to talk to the person next to you on the plane or in the airport is you get on your phone, right? Or you put your headphones on, right? (laughs) Exactly. And um, I think if you are going to make a deliberate, concerted effort to uh, communicate to your partner or to someone that you work with that you're trying to be open, that you're interested in what they have to say, you have to put away all distractions, whether that be a phone or literally turn away from your computer monitor and you know square square yourself to that person. Have that open posture and, and communicate verbally and non-verbally that you are open and willing to receive. Yeah. And that goes a long way. You'd be surprised 
if that's that's not something that you do typically, and all of a sudden that's a new behavior that you engage in, I think people will find that uh, pretty revolutionary. I mean, I think people will be surprised to hear to to just see you reflect that kind of openness in your posture. Yeah. Lately, we've had a lot of folks come and chat with us, and it's been relationship issues. Um, I, we all go through relationship issues. One thing I've noticed, there's this theme to win, mm. right? They, they talk about, you know, these situations, these arguments, these, and it doesn't have to be arguments, just these discussions that they're having in their lives, and it almost feels like they have to win. Mm. And, and I, I, I posed the question, why is it so important to win? Here, we're supposed to be open to learning and listening, right, especially with our significant other, but yet we're so determined to win, to keep score. And when I asked that question, every person was just like, huh? Like, it was this new concept, like, well, someone has to win. Mm-hmm. Why? Right. Yeah. As though Why? it's more important to be right um, or for something to be true and established as true than yeah. it is to have harmony in a relationship, whether that's in an intimate relationship or whether that's at work. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it comes from a place where if you don't feel valued in mm-hmm. your relationship, it's so hard to come with an open mind because right. you're already not 100 percent. Right. Mm-hmm. If you feel devalued or if you feel that you have to be right to prove that you're an equal in your relationship, then there's obviously validation that's not happening and acknowledgement acknowledgement that's not happening. And that might be just need you guys to sit down and look at, you know, love. Like, how are you sending and receiving love? Mm -hmm. How are we miscommunicating? And remember, it's not about scorekeeping. It's about being open to hearing what your partner has to say, how they feel. And I always have the mindset of be curious. Instead of talking to talk about you, ask them questions, right? Get curious. It's a really great point. And we were talking a little bit about that before we started recording about how we go through life, we amass all different kinds of experiences, we get exposed to new people, new cultures, new situations, and maybe unfortunately, sometimes we become more narrow and we become less open, less open to new thoughts, ideas, experiences. We sort of start to assume that we know something about the world, and as we get older, uh, it's important to feel that way, that we mm-hmm. our experiences amount to something, but really, Uh, The flip side of that is with all of the exposure that we have to new people, ideas, experiences, we should adopt that attitude of curiosity or or we can adopt that. I don't Mm want to shoot on everyone, but we (laughs) we can adopt that more curious posture and uh, it will definitely have positive impacts on relationships. When my husband and I were engaged, we found these books. So it was questions to ask your bride, questions to ask your husband. And so both of us got these books, and we asked each other the questions and filled them out. And my husband and I have been married for over six years, and we still ask each other random questions, not the typical, how was your day? What did you do today? What what do you have going on? You know, six years married and eight years or something together, and we are still learning about each other. So imagine having a, a new coworker who you know nothing about the importance of having that openness and asking those just curious questions. It doesn't have to be surface level, but just insane questions like, what's your favorite 
color of carpet or just yeah it may seem stupid but you really get to know the person by asking those curious questions i I agree with that 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 was one of the best pieces of advice that i got from the guy who officiated our Mm -hmm. our wedding you know he he basically said you know among the the questions that you should be asking your partner regularly is what is your opinion Mm -hmm. what is your opinion about that i mean that reflects a a lot of openness. It, it implies that you are genuinely curious, that you're willing to receive, and that their thoughts matter to you. The way that they see the world uh, is important to you. Yeah, and my favorite question that I always ask is why, right? Because like you're answering the question, but also why is yeah. fuchsia your favorite carpet color? Yeah. Right? Like, have you seen it somewhere right. that looked really good? Like, I really want to know. Why are you attracted to that? Yeah, right. <laughs> are you going to want to put that in our house? Right. Why? Hopefully not. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, and so I feel like there's so many little things about us that we forget, little quirky things that that are just what makes us us, and that's what we fall in love with. Yeah. But for some reason, like through marriage, through time, through routine, we forget. That and we're changing. Is, like, we're constantly evolving and changing. So a color that I may have liked five years ago, now mm-hmm. I may be like, well, I don't like that anymore. But yeah. if you don't ask, how are you going to know? Right, and you, so... You bring up a good point, and Jill, you wrote about this uh, a couple of weeks ago when we published this this one. You, you talked about the role of assumptions and mm-hmm. how assumptions can kind of shut down openness, right? So if I'm in a relationship with you and I assume that fuchsia is your favorite color and, uh, you know, I go out and buy, buy <laughs> 1,300 square feet of yeah, fuchsia well, carpet for our house, you know. You that, might be pretty disappointed. <laughs> in your reaction. In the reaction, right. <laughs> right, right. So Maybe assumptions. Maybe I did good, right? <laughs> no. No. The point there being that assumptions have their place. Mm. They're, they're little mental shortcuts that we can use to kind of get through our days, but they're not without risk. You know, mm-hmm. there's some, some risk we take when we make assumptions. And you, you mentioned risk, and it kind of triggered the thought with openness. Being open is risky Definitely. like yeah. we know it is yep. there that you're literally the word alone is opening myself up for anything right openness but there's huge rewards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right yeah, personal yeah. professional oh, yeah. you know with your children with your significant mm-hmm. other i mean your supervisor even your airman right being open um, can bring lots of rewards you know, you were talking about, um, you asked us at the beginning what we thought about when we thought about openness. And another word that popped to mind is assertiveness. Mm. And when you when you bring up rewards, um, as you just did, I think there's there are enormous benefits to being more assertive, which is a, is a form of openness, right? Mm-hmm. You're being openness about your feelings and what you want and, uh, you know, what you need in a relationship, whether that's a, you know, committed uh, intimate relationship or in a work relationship. But for people who find themselves on kind of the more passive end of the communication spectrum, being open can feel very threatening. And I think that's why we're recommending practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, or, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, if you are kind of more aggressive, if you're on that, I always need to be right, it's my way or the highway, mm-hmm. being open about how you're feeling can also feel threatening, right? Yeah. Um, now, there, there can be rewards that come from being assertive and kind of finding that happy middle place. But if you do tend to be more aggressive in your communication, then being open can kind of feel like I might be conceding something here. I might stand to lose something. And so you got to kind of work that out in your mind, the economics of the situation. Is it is it better for me to risk being open for the potential rewards that will come from that? 
Or do I absolutely need to win this argument so much so that I'm willing to trash the relationship mm. for whatever reward I imagine will come from being right in this argument? Yeah. I see this trip people up a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, that, and then we hold on to that. And then relationships are broken for ever sometimes because we're just our pride or our ego gets in the way we don't want to just admit that we may have made a mistake or it's okay that they don't believe what i believe right yeah. right. right and you're we sort of put a premium on facts right mm-hmm. as though if something is true that that necessarily means that it's good or helpful you know um i can complain about the fact that it's bitterly cold outside if I'm standing outside my house in Minnesota and that is true but if I complain about that all day the fact that it's 20 below zero uh, you know in January it's not going to win me friends or it's not going to you know strengthen my relationships at all so I I think sometimes we get hung up on uh, not seeing our opinions as opinions but as facts Mm -hmm as though the facts are really what's important uh, because things can be true and they can still be unhelpful for mm-hmm. relationships. Now, before we recorded, you mentioned there were six words that mm. you should know in a relationship. What, what were those six? Well, these, this goes back to the marital advice that I was given by our officiator, and it was he sort of gave us this mnemonic device. So uh, the first one is a six-word uh, phrase. It's, I admit I made a mistake. You know, and I think if you're talking about openness, being able to say that to your partner or whether, you know, it could be your partner, it could be someone you work with. You know, I admit I made a mistake reflects a certain vulnerability and and openness and is probably a great way to start a a discussion where people aren't entrenched and, and feeling very defended. And then there was a bunch of other ones, and I mentioned the the, the one number four, which was uh, what is your opinion? Mm-hmm. Again, just kind of. Uh, I'm genuinely curious, and I think uh, there are, there were other things, and, and sometimes I'm better at remembering all of them than others, but uh, those two stand out to me in the context of this conversation about openness. Yeah, and I think that could even apply with supervisors, right? I always try to get my airmen's opinions. I want to know what they're seeing, what they're hearing, what they're thinking and feeling about a project. It's important, too, to admit when we made a mistake because it takes a lot of humility, but it's definitely a weight lifted off your shoulders. I'm glad you used the metaphor of getting a weight off your shoulders because mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think that's kind of what some of this can feel like sometimes. And sometimes people do feel that compulsion, that real drive to get this weight off their shoulders. They want to be yeah. unburdened. And, and you, a couple of weeks ago, you wrote about this um, in the 5 Minutes to Thrive. You are talking about choose a good time Mm -hmm. and uh, you can maybe say more about that but just because you may be ready to be open about something doesn't necessarily mean it's good timing for the other person yeah i would definitely if you see that your significant other is stressed or overwhelmed that might not be the opportunity that you are willing to be open with them because they might not be in that mindset they may be stressed or overwhelmed and shots are fired And it might not be recoverable. Magnify the situation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. A mismatch so, in the timing could really have exactly. so, unintended consequences. Yeah. And that goes back to some of that getting curious with your spouse. I know when we talk about communication, communication doesn't just happen, you know, once or twice. Like we have to continually yeah. communicate. So sit down regularly with your spouse. Have those conversations 
ask them how they're doing. Talk about your parenting. Talk about your finances. You know, talk, have the communications. Ask each other their opinions or what they have for solutions regularly, I guess, is my point. Yeah, I would just say, um, I'll, t- I'll bring it into the work a world of work here. I mean, what you're saying applies to, um, of course, to just supervisory experiences. We're always talking about frontline supervisors and we're always talking about how um, we can be better wingmen to people. All of this stuff, of course, applies. You know, mm-hmm. having those conversations regularly, um, not resting on your laurels, because I think that's one of the, the things, the traps that we get into in our intimate relationships for sure is we just get kind of comfortable and we stop being curious and we mm-hmm. assume more and more that we can read our partner's minds. Yeah. And for the people that were around all day, every day, you know, many, many days out of the year, I don't know why that wouldn't be the case there as well. Mm-hmm. So we probably take some liberties and make more assumptions than we should. So yeah. everything that we're talking about here with respect to intimate relationships is of course applies to the workplace as well. Well, Unless we have anything else, I think that wraps up our Qualities of a Healthy Relationship series. We hope you enjoyed it. We definitely enjoyed talking about it, writing about it, and the five minutes to thrive. Um, We hope that you stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you.